Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the Cobb Collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Ronald Pruitt, founder of For a Good Cause, to our program. Ronald, welcome, and please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Irene, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm very excited to chat with you. Uh, A little bit about myself, I would probably define myself by my family. I'm married to a wonderful public school teacher here in Cobb County. We've lived in Kennesaw since 2002, and before then in Marietta, uh, we've raised two wonderful kids, a talented son. He's a junior in high school and is working towards applying for music school. Aww. And our wonderful daughter, who's now a freshman at UGA, studying <laughs> English and sociology. Okay. I'm an Auburn grad myself. Uh, it's kind of hard when you have a kid going to Georgia, and my son is an Alabama fan, so I'm kind oh, of man. stuck That's- in the middle there. A very divided household. <laughs> yes. And uh, career-wise, I've just been lucky to, to have a really rewarding career helping nonprofits raise money online. I've been doing that for almost 25 years now. Wow. Well, looking forward to learning more about that. But thank you to your wife uh, for her service to our children, to our community. I am the proud parent of two Cobb County High School graduates who seem to be thriving while not completely off the payroll. They appear to be on a a good trajectory. (laughs) I feel like they our kids may never be off the payroll. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So and our son is at Auburn. And so um, totally get the the pride in your voice. I don't know what they do over there in Auburn, but he loves it. And I have never met an unhappy alumni. So where you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you again, Ronald, for joining us. I am really excited about our conversation today because it'll be slightly different from our usual topics um, where we usually talk to direct service providers. Um, and today we're going to be talking about all that you do and for a good cause does to strengthen the organizations and the the people who do such incredible work in our community. So let's start with a little bit of background on for a good cause, Ronald. When did you establish it? Why did you establish it? Yeah, so you know my kind of entrepreneurial story, I I think for me it started back in the mid-90s. I was in my last year at Auburn getting my MBA and This is about the time of the history here where you're starting to get that commercialization of the internet. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh boy, I want to work in that. That's what I want to be doing. So uh, coming out of college, I was like, I need a job where I can do something, you know, with the web. I took a small little project management job at a small web design shop in Atlanta. And soon after doing that, I thought I was going to be the project manager, come in and do do kind of lead the team and one of the programmers quit Mm. and I had to take over the building of the websites. I was kind of thrown into the technical fire, uh, (laughs) but it was really a great learning experience for me there at that company. And then after working there, I started just kind of taking contract jobs to help companies manage their website development. Okay. And 
then I happened to get some work with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America uh, mm -hmm. at their headquarters down in Midtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And boy, that just changed everything for me. It was so much fun working with them. Uh, the first project I did was to help them build a website that helped teens you know, research career opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I can be building sites and solutions that are going to make a difference in the community. Um, you guys work with a lot of nonprofits. You know the feeling that you get when you're, you're doing the work that's doing good things. You're starting to see some results from that. I wanted more of that. So from that point on, I decided I was only going to work for nonprofits. And I started helping them build okay. websites and other, and other web systems. And then they started coming back to me with, hey, how do I take payments online? How do I take uh, donations? Yes. How do I sell my event tickets? And that was really the birth of for a good cause. Okay. We started building custom e-commerce systems, you know, that helping them raise money over the internet and kind of over the years we've just kind of morphed from building custom sites to the software platform that we are now, a platform that lets our clients easily manage their fundraising themselves and mm -hmm. close to 200 nonprofits across the US use for a good cause to raise more money online and manage their relationships with their donors. Locally, we work with organizations like the Cobb Schools Foundation and the Cobb Collaborative. Yes, I was going to say full disclosure here. We've been um, right about a year and we have been so pleased with the um, not only the service, but but the very professional look of our fundraising. So thank you, Ronald, for that. And as you were talking, Ronald, I was wondering, I'm sure people like you that were in the industry and could see both the IT side as well as the nonprofit side, maybe you saw it, but did we ever really think that the internet would be the place, websites would be the place where people would consistently go now a few decades in, right, for information to be connected? I mean, what's the first thing when you hear about a company or an organization, in my case, sometimes a foundation, I, I go to their website to get more information, right? And did you all in the industry see, could you look 30 years down the road and see that uh, this is going to stick around? I thought so. I mean, okay. I, I mean, when I was, this was back in the early days when I first got started in, in this internet industry, um, you know, this is just when sites like um, Internet Movie Database was just getting started <laughs> back in the AOL days, the CompuServe. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like, OK, this, something's happening here. Something yeah. this is becoming an information source for for anybody. And now mm -hmm. certainly it is. And if I think about in, in our industry now with the nonprofit, if if a donor is considering giving to a nonprofit, the first thing that they're going to do is go to their website mm -hmm, and exactly, really, and look to see whether that nonprofit is doing good work, how they're mm -hmm. doing their work. They want to see the people behind yeah. the work. Mm -hmm. um, the web is the place to do that. They may find out about you know that person from social media and all the kind of new technologies that we have now, but that drives them back into the site where they're making that decision that, yes. okay, I can give to this nonprofit. And I think we saw that. Back in the day, certainly I was hopeful for that because <laughs> this, I was like, oh, this is so new. I want to do this. I want to be in this industry. And uh, it's worked out for me and I think a lot of people. 
Definitely. That's why I'm always reminding people it's important to like keep your board of directors listing updated. You know, when people go to a website and they see information from three or four years ago, it sends a signal. And so it is so important. But back to um, more of what For Good Cause does, in addition to offering this incredible fundraising platform that allows organizations to customize, sell tickets, um, do some um, focused fundraising, do annual campaigns. You offer some other benefits to the nonprofit community as well, Ronald, right? Like um, webinars, on-demand webinars and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So even if you're not a client of ours, we still have a ton of resources on our website for the nonprofit community. So if you needed new ideas or good fundraising practices, you could go uh, there and read our blog. If you wanted more in-depth discussions of um, you know, best practices and ideas and such, you could watch our on-demand webinars. Uh, you can find us at foragoodcause.com. It's the number four, agoodcause.com. We do have a discount program for um, nonprofit members of the Cobb Collaborative. So nonprofits that are in Cobb that are members with you guys of the collaborative can get a discount on our software. Oh, thank you. See, it pays to be a member of the collaborative. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so Ronald, in um, other arenas, I've heard you describe monthly giving as a way for nonprofits to build resiliency, which of course I just love because with our mental health initiative, resiliency is something that we talk about as well. But can you talk a little bit more about that? And what does that mean to you, Ronald, when you talk about nonprofits building resiliency? Yeah, you know, this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately. You know, one of the goals that we have here is to help our clients be more resilient. And to me, a resilient nonprofit is one that can thrive financially, even in times of crisis, such as maybe the coming recession that's coming, yeah. mm -hmm. maybe in the next year, or, you know, as we saw recently, the big pandemic that disrupted mm -hmm. everything. Uh, or a nonprofit might lose one or two major givers, or they suddenly lose a grant and they have, and then they will have a huge hole in their fundraising. Um, if we think about the pandemic, how that impacted the nonprofit community, so many nonprofits, especially small nonprofits, they rely on, you know, one-off campaigns and events to raise money. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic hit, they couldn't hold those events. That means canceled events, lost revenue. Luckily, you know, many nonprofits pivoted to raising money online, but others pulled back and they found a huge fall in their revenue at a time when, you know, lines were around the block to get mm -hmm. their services. Right. Um, so, you know, the revenue from a one-off campaign, grants, events, that could be very unpredictable. Um, you never know what's going to happen that can throw a monkey wrench into that. So we like monthly giving as a fundraising source for a nonprofit to be able to combat these, this unpredictability in your revenue stream. So you can pivot towards more predictable revenue. We want to see more nonprofits in Cobb really embrace this because it's a win for both the nonprofit and the donor. You're, all you're doing is you're asking your donor to give a small donation each month that's automatically donated, uh, deducted from their credit card or bank account. Mm-hmm. 
So don't donors are going to like this because they're already conditioned to pay for things like Netflix via subscription. <laughs> right. Everybody has something yes. that they're paying uh, in a subscription for. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes it allows them to budget their giving to the charity over a period of time. They stay more loyal to that nonprofit because they have that ongoing relationship. There's a low barrier for them to start giving because you can ask for a very small monthly gift just to get started. Mm -hmm. You know, their lives are already built around monthly payments. So a monthly payment to a nonprofit that they value is not going to be noticeable to them. And the nonprofit, they get a huge benefit because this monthly donor is going to give more um, by giving longer. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've seen some of the statistics um, that we've seen um, from experts out there, you know, monthly givers stay active givers for about five to seven years. Wow. That is that's impressive. A, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And while most nonprofits are retaining their one-time givers at a percentage around 45% mm-hmm. in retention, you know, that means getting that donor to give again the next year. Monthly givers are retained at percentages upwards of 90%. Holy moly. This is a donor that's sticking around. Mm-hmm. It's easy for them. They're going to just keep this giving going. So we've crunched some numbers on our platform. So the average recurring gift last year um, for our clients was around $63 per month. So if we take $63 per month, we multiply it times 12 months a year times seven years, that's a lifetime value of over $5,000 per monthly donor. For most nonprofits, especially small nonprofits that we have here in Cobb, that's a major donor. Exactly. Yeah. And these are great people too. Once they, if you see them giving every month for, for X number of years, this is a great person to call and say, Hey, would you also be open to, you know, putting us in your will? And doing a legacy gift, all those types of giving as well. Um, It's easy. Yeah. It's an easy program to implement. It's inexpensive. So you're looking at kind of on the front end, you're going to put something on your donation form that's going to say, hey, do you want to give monthly? Mm -hmm. And on the back end, you need a, a, you know, easy way to manage those subscriptions that, that are coming in from the donors. And if you pair, the ease of use with kind of a good message, you know, where you have thought out how much can X dollars per month impact the organization and your community. That's the pitch you're kind of putting forth to the donor. Mm-hmm. Then you can start enrolling monthly givers. Just an example, we have a food bank that we work with in North Carolina. They've been with us for, for many years and they built themselves up to a almost 450 monthly givers giving about $50 a month. So they're getting over $22,000 a month in reliable recurring revenue. Now that, that makes them a resilient nonprofit. They can budget off that money. They can Mm -hmm. make future planning decisions and they can use that reliable revenue to ride out dips in the economy or any other shortfalls in their fundraising. That might, yeah, absolutely. And I love a couple of things that you said there that um, recurring donor, while we don't want to take them for granted, it's probably less work on the nonprofit development staff to 
keep them as a recurring donor versus going out um, on a one-time basis, um, you know, to be a sponsor for this or to come out for this or um, give during the, as I call it, the guilt giving season between Thanksgiving and New Year's, right? Yeah. Um, and then so a little less stress on your development team. And it's an opportunity, I think, for somebody, um, for a donor like that, for your board member to simply pick up the phone. We know that the um, donor probably won't answer and just thank them for their ongoing donation. And and that's it. We just want to thank you for your ongoing support. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's so much monthly giving is, is less work for staff and board. Um, if you think about, I know there's nonprofits probably listening that plan the mega gala every mm-hmm. year. Yes. Uh, how much work goes into that? And, and those are still good fundraising yes. opportunities. Mm-hmm. But if you compare how much work goes into that and chasing that new sponsor, chasing those attendees, trying to get someone maybe who came to an event to think about do they really know much about our organization mm-hmm. and how am I going to get them to give again next year? That can be so much work where monthly giving, I make, I make that pitch. I help them understand the impact of their gifts. And then we get them, we're, we're just putting them in the system. Mm-hmm. And then over time, like you say, we are thanking them. We are telling, we are showing them the impact of their gifts and we're maybe trying to move them from $5 a month to $10 to a month. Ten, mm-hmm to 15 to 20 and just keep growing that program. And it becomes really like a service model for the development team. It, it really does. Yeah. We're going to service these donors who are with us on this journey. We're going to demonstrate our value to them. And we're going to just keep trying to get, you know, tick them up, up a level on the giving. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and it's rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Um, and it does make for a really nice uh, model for a nonprofit as opposed to chasing, you know, chasing and chasing that new donor. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I love the way you described it. And yeah, you know, if a grant goes away or there's a dip or, you know, heaven forbid, a natural disaster or a pandemic and you're not able to hold that gala or that golf tournament or road race or something like that. This is a revenue stream of, I'm going to guess for the most part, unrestricted dollars. There could be a few asterisks around that um, for certain organizations, but for the most part, those unrestricted funding funds, man, they are the mother load for a nonprofit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And most of the time, when you think about a monthly giving program, you are asking for unrestricted funds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, boy, our world has gone through it over the last three years, Ronald. What have you seen in giving trends for individuals? You alluded to this a little bit um, over the past year or two as we emerge from the pandemic. Yeah, so we've been kind of talking about monthly giving here. So I would first kind of mention the growth of that. Mm. Um, So it is probably the fastest growing trend right now. Okay. Um, there's a study that we kind of look to. I would encourage any nonprofit to go out and check it out. It's the the M plus R benchmarks study. So if you Google that, you'll find uh, statistics kind of looking from currently that what they have on there is from 2020 to 2021, 
And they are showing that monthly giving grew 42% over that time. Wow. Far outpacing the growth of one-time donations, mm-hmm. which was below 10%. And, you know, just more donors are enrolling as monthly givers, more nonprofits are embracing it. On our platform in 2022, we saw 42% of all giving on the platform was a recurring gift. And we do both monthly giving, one-time donations, and any type of event registration. We do mm-hmm. some product sales and stuff. So for 42%, that's a huge, huge percentage. Yes. More broadly, coming out of the pandemic, we're kind of seeing things come back to normal a little bit. Okay. So during the pandemic, we saw certain charity sectors really spike, like hunger and poverty. Mm-hmm. That was where everybody gave to during the pandemic. Give to the food bank, the soup kitchen. You know, those organizations did a really good job of pivoting during that time to asking for online dollars. Mm-hmm. And donors responded. They got a huge spike in their giving. Mm-hmm. That has fallen back to kind of normal levels now. Okay. And nonprofits that were really, really hurt during the pandemic, like kind of the local arts and culture, mm-hmm. museums, anything that kind of required in person, you know, they get hurt really bad during the pandemic and they've sort of come back to pre pandemic levels. Um, on the technology side of things, which is something that I'm always interested in, we're seeing more visitors to our pages on mobile devices. It's now up okay. to 60% of all of our traffic now. Nonprofits should always be thinking about how they can optimize their giving on a mobile experience. We're also seeing some of the techniques that nonprofits learned during the pandemic, like virtual events, Zoom events. Those are mm-hmm. still going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen nonprofits... Uh, you know, instead of holding the just one single mega event each year, they're kind of breaking their events down into smaller events, doing some small Zoom events, um, you know, a couple of times a year, bringing mm-hmm. people online. They're finding this to be a useful um, you know, way to meet. Uh, one of the things we recommend to nonprofits that are doing monthly giving programs is bring your donors on Zoom once a quarter, twice a year, something like that, just to have a chat with them, explain to them about the impact of their gift, mm-hmm. you know, let people come on and talk about the programs, really make a connection with them so you're keeping engaged throughout the year. So we're, things are kind of coming back to normal, but we're still <laughs> using the techniques that we learned during the pandemic to, to fundraise and, and give donors the opportunity to give. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, yeah, still using those techniques to engage shareholders. Uh, well, I say shareholders, but kind of on purpose, um, stakeholders is what I meant to say. But as you were talking, I was thinking, well, that's kind of, you know, a company has an annual board of directors meeting um, in the for-profit world. And this is a way for nonprofits to engage their stakeholders, donors, volunteers that they hope to turn into donors and that sort of thing. And um, and there will probably be an element of our world that I think continues to embrace the virtual technology, maybe not for everything, but for some things. And when it makes sense, go with it, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Ronald, what's one thing that would surprise nonprofit leaders, do you think, about engaging donors? Sure. 
you know, one of the things that I hear um, a lot is from nonprofit staff or, or leadership is they, they, they think about, you know, once a donor is given, I don't want to bother them too much. Yeah. Or, uh, and for some it's, it's, it's my thinking might be a little counterintuitive and, and, uh, but it's, I think donors want to hear from nonprofits more than the nonprofit thinks that they want to hear from them. Okay. Uh, even with monthly giving, a lot of times nonprofits think of it like, okay, well, they're giving me monthly. It's sort of a set it and forget it. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to bother that donor. If I bother that donor, they're going to remember that they're giving to me. <laughs> yes. But that is what you want. You want them to remember that they're giving to you. you. I would tell nonprofits to engage more, reach out more to your donors than you think that you should. You want, it's going to help with retention. It's going to help keep them involved with your mission. Now, this doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're going to ask for donations more, although I think nonprofits you, can be doing that more. Right. Um, but I would ask them to reach out with impact stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that means emails, social media, videos, other mediums that tell the story on the ground of how the dollars that that donor has given is changing the community. Mm-hmm. This helps donor retention. I get video updates um, as a monthly giver to Charity Water. That's one of the, I give monthly to a lot of different charities and Charity Water is one of the best ones. If you're kind of looking as an example of doing communication back to donors, that's a good example. So I get, okay. I get these simple kind of on the front line videos that demonstrate, you know, them putting in their water wells and just how my donor dollars are being put to work. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel great about the support I'm giving. I'm seeing the impact of that. I could um, imagine. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the, the biggest thing is reach out more than you, okay. think, than you think you should, because they want to hear from you. If, if you don't reach out, they're never going to know that that gift um, made a difference. Yeah, is meaningful and, and made a meaningful. Difference, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. If they know that they're making a difference, they're going to want to continue to make a difference. Mm-hmm. That means that means they're going to give again. That means they're going to give in bigger amounts. Um, so it's never set it and forget it. It's never I sent my thank you letter and we're done. We're done. Yeah. No, it's going to be it's constant constant and keeping a donor it's hard work it takes a lot of effort uh we do have a couple of webinars on our website about donor retention Um, okay i got one one on how to thank donors um different ways to do that and then a more comprehensive one on kind of a bigger plan for how you're retaining your donor so i certainly would encourage uh any listeners to go there and check that out absolutely we'll drop those in the show notes so Well, Ronald, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to speak to? I would just to kind of go with the the point I just made about reaching out more. um, Mm -hmm. And when we're thinking about kind of how we came out of the pandemic and, you know, the the nonprofits that did really well during the pandemic were those that weren't afraid to ask for donations, regardless of, of, the economy, regardless of the situation in the, in society, you know, if we're thinking about being more resilient, 
then you have to ask. You never be afraid to ask for a donation, whether you're whether you're one on one, whether you're doing that through social media or your website and other places. Just don't be afraid to to ask for a gift because you're giving a wonderful opportunity to a prospective donor. You get, you know, give them the joy of saying yes, because that's really what it feels like to give. And, um, you know, don't pull back in times of crisis, step forward, ask for help from your donors because they will help and that will make you a more resilient nonprofit. I also just want to just compliment what you guys are doing uh, with the collaborative. I certainly would recommend all nonprofits in Cobb County need to join the collaborative, the resources, the networking that you guys provide to give them so many opportunities to grow. There are so many great nonprofits in Cobb County. Just thank, you know, Irene, thanks for what you guys are doing to support them. And, and thanks for having me on today. I really enjoyed our chat. Yeah, I did too. Well, thank you so much, Ronald, for the plug. We will take um, any marketing and uh, PR. So thank you for that. And I love how you describe, you know, I'm thinking be bold. And the answer to the unasked question is always no, right? So ask. That's right. That's um, right. Absolutely. So, well, Ronald, it has been such a pleasure to learn more about For a Good Cause, I want to thank you for being a collaborative member and for offering this opportunity to our members to engage with you at a with a slight discount and just the opportunity that you provide for capacity building in their development team uh, and really their entire team. So thank you so much, Ronald. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can find us. Please tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community through conversations about important issues that Cobb County is dealing with. Until next time, please stay well. And remember, there is no health without mental health.